Hey, this is Lou Mangello from WDW Radio, and you're listening to the Five-ish Fangirls Podcast. Let's do this. The tensions this week continue all the way to episode 409 Five-ish fangirls podcast. Oh, you're an Avenger. I killed you before. They all blend together after a while. You're not the one with a hammer, are you? Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of the Five-ish fangirls podcast. So glad you us. Let's start off like a direct with a virtual table and see who's joined us this week. This is Brittany Bovedale. This is Chrissy in Salt Lake City. This is Holly from Wisconsin. And this is Rachel in Indianapolis, Indiana. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hi, everybody. Yeah. We've got a very special guest joining this this week. So joining Uh us is Glenn. From traveling the vortex, yay! I'm, I'm I'm honored to be a very special guest. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you guys are our brothers, so yes. You know. And anyone anyone that answers the invitation with "yes, we'll come on" is very special to us. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> we've not scared them all away yet. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I'm glad to I'm glad to be here because it's been a long time. Yes. Yep. When Rachel put out that post, uh, Brittany and I had to have a little fun with her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Smart asses. Uh, hey. And then, like, ha- half of the people that are like, not uber nerds like the rest of us, like, I don't understand a word you just posted. Like, that's okay. If you don't understand <laughs> it, then it's not for you. Not for you. <laughs> it's, it's not directed at you. Yep. But thank you for your interest, anyway. Yeah. Thank you for the engagement. Uh, so we don't really have a whole lot in the way of news, really. We just have some housekeeping, which yes. appropriate that Glenn is here because book club updates. Yes, and I had it pulled up. <laughs> mm-hmm. our, our book for this month, uh, surprise, surprise, uh, audio trial of the Valiar. Go back a few episodes to hear our review. And the <laughs> book choices for this month are The Stone Rose, The Clockwise Man, The Return of Robin Hood, which is a Force Doctor adventure, and for audio, An Alien Werewolf in London, which is a Seventh Doctor and I believe, if memory serves, an Ace story. And I will say the Stone Rose, that's a Tenth Doctor Rose one. Yes, you it is. the audio book. David Tennant reads it. It's lovely. So <laughs> I recommend make that. Sh- that. Make sure uh, you put I your votes in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not that I want to sway votes, but you know. <laughs> those are all fine choices. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we've got that. And then, of course, the feeds out there so uh, if you've been paying attention uh, we have a new episode of gold standard 
out there in the feed. So we just were almost done with the 90s, which is wild to think about. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, with our episode 71 with Shakespeare in Love. You cannot see the faces I'm making. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we can imagine. Yep. And then uh, this month's uh, Patreon episode is available for Patreon supporters where we go back to 1979 to talk about Alien, which was Ooh. a much more fun discussion than Shakespeare in Love. Uh, <laughs> all the more reason why you should be a Patreon supporter, because that's where the good stuff is. Uh, <laughs> but it's fun to listen to you do to your pain. Yeah. Well, as long as I'm entertaining somebody, um, <laughs> just, and just then I special, <laughs> yeah. And then um, there's no pain, but uh, if you want to laugh, um, the latest episode of Drunk Cinema, I saw. I have downloaded. I make it. I make it. Yep, I make it an appearance where we review the. Beatles psychedelic by is the best descriptor cartoon yellow submarine. I was gonna say, do you need to be drunk to watch that one? No, but nope. you know what? You, you, you do end up interpreting things differently. True. Uh, <laughs> what I would suggest the alcohol for would probably be the magical mystery tour. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true too. Uh, <laughs> It was a, it was a, it was, it was an interesting discussion. So, mm-hmm. you know, cause I, I know that movie really, really well. So it was interesting to uh, see what my brain did when altered. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so. I'm sure. I'm sure there. You could have been on other things that would have made it even more altered. So well, yeah, I suppose but those alcohol are, is probably. Yeah, those are legal in right. in, in in most places. So unless there are two evils, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> I went with the stuff that's legal at least um, where I live. Uh, so probably. Yep. My brain and liver thank me. Um, maybe <laughs> uh, I don't know about your liver, but your brain probably will thank you. Yeah, well, that's my brain. Um, so yep, there's that, and then we don't have any feedback, so we can jump straight into the spoilers. This is your spoiler warning for not just Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania, but really the entire mcu up to this point uh so if you're not caught up then come back later that's all there is to it (laughs) um so yeah so funnily enough ant-man and the wasp quantum mania is the 31st film in the mcu wow (laughs) wow which Doesn't Scott Lang like becomes empl- well, but Scott Lang becomes employee of the century at Baskin Robbins, home of yeah. Thirty One Flavors. <laughs> ah, yes. I never put that together. That's kind of clever. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> Serendipity. Yeah. Thirty-one. That's a large number, but there are larger. Oh, okay. Did it? I mean, when you think about it, considering we are coming up on the fifteenth anniversary of essentially the start of the MCU with the first Ant, uh, Ant Man, Iron Man. Iron Man. Uh, okay. Superhero, red suit, close enough. Um, yep. <laughs> guy who, well, actually, Tony Stark did age, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> I'm not drunk anymore, I promise. That was days ago. <laughs> I'm just tired. Um, <clears throat> that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Uh, <laughs> myself, if I ever go on drunk cinema, I can just be tired and have the same reaction. Mm-hmm. Got it. Pretty much as long as you can stay awake for the movie. <laughs> so yeah. Uh Ant Man OS, Quantum Media, the kickoff of uh phase five, essentially, for the MCU, because Black Panther, Wakanda Forever was kind of our closer for phase four. And um I mean, this this is the the third Ant Man movie, mm-hmm. still direct, still with the same director and a lot of the same crew, which helps with the feel, keeping it consistent. Um, but uh, I mean, going into this, like we knew, obviously, who the protagonist was going to be. It was going to be a version of Kang. Uh, mm-hmm. played brilliantly by Jonathan Majors you know he got yes. he he they gave him like a little yeah, they gave him a little bit of room to show what he's capable of in that you know the end of Loki season one but this is where they gave him like an entire football field and they're like have at it <laughs> yeah <laughs> so there's no surprise at who the bad guy in this was nope. and as i was have been saying to people going into this movie and even when talking to people after it um i can't remember who it was that it posted after the movie came out because it came out the weekend of my birthday <laughs> thank you marvel um always enjoyable to get a marvel movie as a birthday present um somebody posted it wasn't their opinion but they were posting uh somebody else's opinion that they had heard or read or something somewhere and apparently this rando's complaint was they didn't like the fact that the movie doesn't end with a nice little bow tied on top how it left things dangling some loose threads (laughs) and i'm like okay tell me you don't know what's on the schedule for the mcu without telling me you don't know what's on the schedule for the mcu have you not seen a marvel movie before (laughs) like seriously like the next avengers movie is is literally yeah yeah i was like they literally have said the next avengers movie is going to be called avengers kang dynasty yeah (laughs) literally in the day anybody who's been watching through phase four should know that they've everything's been kind of left dangling a bit um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to figure out what this person though particularly thought was 
left dangling because I don't know that this film, I mean, it, it leaves you, it leaves you on a uncertainty of what's next, I suppose, but I don't know that it left anything really hanging. They did kind of wrap everything up. And from what mm-hmm. I understand, it could have been uh, even hang more of a cliffhanger because yeah. I had yeah. read that, that uh, uh, Hope and, and um, Scott, originally in the original ending were supposed to be left behind in the quantum realm so i heard heard that too and i think um i heard that there because this movie had some some pretty hefty reshoots if i'm remembering right or maybe no i think yeah because marvel came in because it was a little more serious and they said oh well we need uh, you know, the, 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 or maybe it was Disney or somebody high up said, well, we need it to be this, 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 and this. So go change it. And part of that was um, uh, Hope and Scott were, were going to be left behind in the quantum realm. And they, like, and so they had to go in and, and redo that, redo the ending, redo that part. So it was mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, okay. So there was some executive meddling, as it were, that, uh, that which occurred. I mean, that makes sense because even yeah. like I there was part of me when watching the movie and I'm like, okay, they're gonna get rescued. I was like, they're probably gonna get rescued because I was like, we already have done this with the right. last Ant-Man movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what's the point of leaving them behind someone behind in the quantum realm again? Mm-hmm other than it'll it would give them time give them a way to play fast and loose with i guess with time because time moves differently in the quantum realm and is in its own bubble so it's not affected by anything in the the outside world timeline so like you know obviously when the snap happened scott was not affected at all you know the, the the time didn't pass the same for him and he had no risk of being dusted um so but i mean considering what is supposed to be coming i don't see why that would be necessary we're not we don't need we're not likely to have another time jump a significant time jump anytime soon i don't think based on what we know is coming i think you're right but i think i could i could imagine and of course this is just rewriting the movie but i could imagine if they had left them in the quantum realm they probably would have been able to kind of tuck them away until we got to king dynasty so that they could then uh, come up with a way to get them out of the the realm so that people weren't curious about well what's been happening to them this whole time because presumably although they seem to surprise us with uh, marvel movies all the time but presumably we won't see these characters again until king dynasty so you could have easily mm-hmm. just tucked them away there and given them a reason for how they got out or why they needed to get out but i see why they reshot this and i see why they ended it the way they did because i think it's really effective of uh, mm-hmm. in fact it almost feels very doom and gloom the way that, mm-hmm. that scott is i mean they make they play loose and fun with it but the way scott thinks you know what did he mean by you know, something coming, what's coming? Did I mess things up? You know, there's almost this certain gloom okay. that hangs over it that I think mm-hmm. works even better because yeah. it's this foreshadowing of events to come. And I think that works really well. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that Scott just like shrugs it off. 
right <laughs> like oh i'm sure that's not gonna right. come back to haunt me yeah. right. <laughs> It'll be and, fine. and then the last end credit scene with loki and what's his name in the past Mor morbius morbius it was yeah. just like holy crap i mean now if loki's scared that's saying something <laughs> right yeah there. well yeah. I, mean, I mean loki even the credit sequence before it too was all the yeah. versions of kang but it was like okay yeah. if that's rattling loki uh yeah not good <laughs> yeah well you know, i think we'll probably revisit that scene or probably some version of it uh, in loki yeah. season mm -hmm. two yeah i bet and i bet that clip is lifted right out of the series probably, i bet yeah, we probably. actually see that clip just yeah. you know but i just is. i wonder where in the season it appears like are we gonna pick up like right after season one ended or are we coming in after some time has passed and loki has been dealing with the fallout on his end and so he's also got to see what kang is capable of and that's why he's so scared because i mean loki's not dumb no, <laughs> as, as, no. i mean he's he's got an ego right that would put ego to shame but you yeah. know <laughs> but at the same time he recognizes true power i mean he saw that with thanos so if if by the time he and and mobius you know come across that particular version of king victor timely named after timely comics which is what, what marvel comics was called before it changed the name to marvel comics <laughs> um by the time he comes across the variant that is victor timely who else has he come across mm -hmm. and seen what they're capable of um because i mean he i mean he didn't really get to see king really didn't do the version we saw in loki you know he who remains um we didn't really get to see like what he was capable of we just knew he was threatening mm -hmm. but he didn't really wasn't like showing anything other than just like these are the timelines and if you kill me hell's gonna go to a go in a handbasket um <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, so but i i fully expected to, to there to be some sort of direct connection to loki um you know either in the film itself or as a as one of the the credit scenes or something so when they they popped up i'm like oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> bring on loki season two yes please so but i i mean as far as like yeah, you know, Scott and the Hope and her parents. I think other than Jonathan Majors, you know, uh, Paul Rudd is Paul Rudd. Everybody loves Paul Rudd. Um, it says so in a beer commercial once, so it must be true. Um, I mean, we get so I mean, we get some really great moments but really this this is about besides you know this version of kang kang the conqueror um 
the the focus is really about the parent child relationship mm-hmm. and it's scott's relationship with cassie and his guilt you know because he he missed time with her when he was in jail three times apparently um and then obviously he lost the five years because of thanos so he's carrying around some of that guilt of missing so much time in in cassie's life and so does janet we learn from the flashbacks of her encounter with king the conqueror in the quantum realm how much guilt she had because you know she left to go you know do that mission that we see in the first ant-man movie of you know with a you know her her being the the wasp and disappearing and being off for 30 years she's like Mm -hmm. i told my daughter i was gonna be back for dinner Mm -hmm. and then she wasn't for 30 years um so yeah i think jonathan majors and i think michelle pfeiffer really shine in this movie oh yeah um you know this very I was really I was really impressed with with Michelle Pfeiffer, honestly. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, I'm glad that they gave her a, a chance to really dive into Janet and um learn more about her. Well, and even Michael Douglas's character too, we kind of learned a few more things. And I was getting a little almost hints of Howard Stark and Tony just a little bit mm-hmm. you know, with the way he was trying to kind of mentor Cassie and all this. And it's just like, oh boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. it could have been if Howard and Hank wouldn't have butted heads <laughs> earlier you know yeah that was never not gonna happen though so right yeah (laughs) but you know it's interesting two sides of this there's two sides of the same coin that 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 that, that genius uh uh, you know engineer scientist yeah mad you know yep craziness yeah they're too much alike to get along to be honest yeah true it would have been an interesting what if you know what if howard and hank could have worked something out and you know and hank kind of been a mentor a little bit to tony with howard doing all his stuff left right Mm. and center yeah yeah but then we wouldn't have gotten what we got (laughs) true true and he would have been ant-man instead Mm -hmm. Mm. (laughs) probably um so i mean what do you guys think of okay so because I, I i saw some of your, your comments uh i know holly you felt the same way so what do you guys think of the 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 quantum realm as a wow. as a location wowza holly's, holly's <laughs> <laughs> okay. i mean I'm she's just like- at a loss for words <laughs> I mean, like, if Doctor Who and Star Wars kind of had a baby with Marvel, 
that's it. <laughs> right there. <laughs> I mean, that's the only way my mind could wrap around it. I mean, just, I mean, the colors and everything. It's just, oh boy. <laughs> I, I would agree. I think some award there's something wrong <laughs> yeah i i think it was visually it's stunning i love the fact that they just went completely bonkers with it if this movie had been made maybe even five ten years five years ago i don't think they would have gone as crazy as they did uh, right. Gar guardians kind of opened up that you know that the craziness mm -hmm. i think that i think that for the longest time, Marvel was sort of playing it safe. They were playing the kind of the reality card and let's not make things too weird. And even that first Thor film, they brought mm -hmm. Kenneth Branagh in to direct it in sort of a, because he had a Shakespearean background. And so they kind of felt like he could kind of give a more serious fantasy element to it. And I think he did. I think it worked really well, but you wouldn't have seen something like this. I'm kind of glad now that they're leaning into the, the bunkers. I'm kind of glad that people are accepting of that now um, because mainstream audiences that have been along for the ride now know what to expect from a Marvel film. And so I think they're more accepting of these kind of out there ideas and these out there visuals, which are a mainstay or a staple in the comics. So you know, when we, this, you know, the, the quantum realm is, is basically, or at least Kang city is, is based on Chronopolis and mm -hmm. uh, in the, and that it exists in the microverse. So the quantum realm is kind of the, uh, or the, the microverse is the comics version of the, the uh, um, quantum realm. So I was really glad to see them lead in, lean into it. I think also they didn't, one of the things I appreciated is they didn't try to explain things. They didn't, you know, there's a guy that looks like broccoli. Well, why does this guy look like broccoli? Yeah. What, what, what could possibly happen? What well, doesn't matter here? You know, it doesn't matter what causes these things. It, it's just something that's uh, the reality here. I mean, we already I have like a that. talking tree. So. Right, right, right. Um, but I, I like that. I like how they they leaned into that. I think visually it was it was really cool. I also think um, they did a good job of conveying the different levels of things as well, because in the previous film, they sort of established that uh, there was this energy that that Janet had absorbed. And that's why she was able to, to cure Ghost and or at least help her and they should cured her but she was able to stabilize her basically because mm -hmm. she had this residual en energy and so when they get there and they don't have that i sort of think that they conveyed it well enough that because she was sort of living in the outskirts after she had kind of banished herself not her well she had better herself. she was basically hiding from kang um but you i think they kind of at least you, they let you interpret it that it was because of where she was at that time that she was able to do that, but that not necessarily that was going to be a side effect for everybody once they came out, because once they got deeper into the quantum realm, they seemed to be in a very different place than where even Janet at the end of that movie and Scott, when he went into the quantum realm, where, you know, that it was certainly a very different visual look, but I think that it, they kind of conveyed that there were different layers to the quantum realm, that the deeper you got to the core, to the center of it, or the further away to the border you got, there was certainly a vast difference. And I thought they did a good job of that visually. Yeah, I just like, 
I'm 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 already like uh Disney, can we have build this somewhere? Yes. Uh, you want to see that in the park? You, yeah. I mean they, they managed to bring Pandora to life, so why not? Yeah. <laughs> That's true. If anybody could do it, Disney could. Yeah. But but I'm just asking, can we just have the little teacup with the little octopusy thing? I don't need the great <laughs> big uh Giant well, squid. apparently, right now, oh, no, if you go to, yeah, apparently, right now, if you go to Avengers Campus at uh, California Adventure, um, you can get the uh, the juice, <laughs> the goo, <laughs> the goo. You can get the goo that helps that helps you so that you can understand people in the quantum realm. <laughs> <laughs> Can't guarantee that suddenly it'll make you understand uh, different languages, but you can at least, you know, hang, be there with your friends and be like, drink the goo, drink the goo. And I had a 5D, I had a 5D Nemo moment when I first heard the chant, when they were first chanting before it got translated. I'm <laughs> touch thinking, the butt. Touch, the, <laughs> touch the butt or one of us, but it's like, wait a minute. Who got initiated for what? <laughs> I think that's another good example of them sort of leaning into it and not feeling the need to really explain things. Um, mm -hmm. The idea that everybody can understand each other because they have this one common thing that they do in order to be, have this universal translator. I thought it was a simple and effective way to say, okay, this is why everybody can understand each other. And just, we're gonna go from there. And the, the setup to that, uh, how intense it is, and that these guys, you know, Cassie and, and um, Scott are in trouble. I mean, they're, they're, they're being <laughs> taken before what appears to be some sort of tribal ritual and you're really kind of, okay, what's going on here? What's going on here? And then it's even more jarring when Cassie's standing there with it on her mouth saying, dad, drink it. And you're like, wait, what? What? She's yeah. already drank this? And so the, the, the transition between the chant that you can't understand to the drink the goo was just this, this wonderful like transition of, <laughs> wow, okay, that was really cleverly done because I went from, oh my gosh, what's happening to aha <laughs> just like that Woo! crisis averted yeah exactly we are indeed not going to die right now right at least not because we drank some goo right. um, <laughs> from a guy who doesn't have any holes right. <laughs> yeah a nice way for them to bring uh you know, one of our uh, characters back, um, because uh, that's that's the guy who voiced the 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 goo guy without any holes. That he played Kurt. Oh yeah, Scott's yeah. Prison for prison friends. You know, David uh, uh, Despo. Oh, how do you say his last name? Uh, something like that. Yeah. Des you know. Desmalchen. Desmalchen. I have no idea. I think that's it yeah yeah something like that <laughs> um because the the apparently those um uh, 
you know, for obviously as far as plot is concerned, we had no reason to have like Michael Pena and and right. Ti back as well. And we got Randall Park really quickly as Jimmy yeah. Woo. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. I think that uh, is one of the things I felt was missing from this was uh, not having michael pena's back i think that he was such a constant between the first two films that it was a glaring hole in Mm. this one that he wasn't there Mm -hmm. in some form or fashion i don't know that it would have worked to have pulled him or any of them into the quantum realm with them but yeah it was was very obvious have him like at the end as an end credit thing, like right. he tells the story. Right, yeah. About the, just, quantum, yeah. the quantum realm and his his style, and I mean, he, yeah. he, you know, it, it's a it, it's a glorified cameo, but right. But they weren't a, they weren't above doing that for Randall Park. I mean, there's just right. that yeah. you know that that quick cameo of him and Scott having lunch. I mean, that they could have easily done that with yeah Michael Pena's character yeah. as well, Louise, right? Mm-hmm. Or or Pena would... being his PR assistant for the book. Like, okay, we got this, we got this, we got oh, this. Oh, yeah. Oh, you got yeah, an idea yeah. for another book? Okay, come on, give it to me. <laughs> yeah, that That's a good idea, yeah, actually. Yeah, I guess we could assume that their that their their security company is just doing well. Yeah, it's true. They're just really they're really Disney as business owners. So it could be that you just couldn't get them for whatever yeah. schedule yeah. reason that's what i wonder yeah. if that's probably yeah. what happened and, yeah. and it you know to have you know one of the guys just be a voice for a cgi character obviously he can do recordings easily a lot of places mm-hmm. instead of having to be on set somewhere um so that makes sense lo- lo- logistically right um so uh okay so we should talk about the elephant in the room, or I guess giant head. Oh, jeez, uh, yeah, uh-huh, yes, uh, teeny tiny hands. A little bit. Of like, all the, I was like, I was like, okay, surely they're going to do something, you know, because this has kind of become the thing with Marvel. Is like, surely they're going to find. A, a cameo or an easter egg or something and and make people go wait what you know that type of thing they always find mm-hmm. ways to 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 keep us on our toes having modok which yeah. i knew was in the movie be darren cross yeah cross my mind uh-uh my name as is a possibility <sighs> well i was i was actually quite upset that that last trailer that came out before it released before the movie released actually showed a shot of him oh and it did. I, okay I yeah i, I yeah, immediately you was like face. you can in the shot where they're walking out to look over the exploded uh huh. engine quantum possibility engine right. whatever the, the thing that ran i'm uh, just terrible with faces then and <laughs> and i i thought that oh it's like that's a weird look i didn't i didn't recognize that it was a is it cory stall i didn't yeah. recognize that it was him at first it wasn't until like our second or maybe third viewing that I said, oh, wait a minute. I think I know how they've brought MODOK into this. And I kind of sussed it out. And so I was a little disappointed that they showed that. Of course, that's my own fault for overanalyzing a, a <laughs> minute and a half, you know, commercial, because that's what See, I this do. is why I don't watch the commercials. <laughs> I know. And I, the- I end up, I ruin it for myself. But, but yeah, once we get all the trailers, mo- I stop. <laughs> 
knowing Modoc was in it and then seeing that shot, I thought, because uh, the other shot they do really well because they have the, the facial mask on him that he, you know, his yeah. battle, battle mask or whatever they called it. Um, but yeah, there is that one scene where they're walking out onto the platform that you actually, I could actually make out that it was Corey Stoll. And I thought, oh, but, but that being said, I, even though I was ruined on it, I still loved the reveal of that. I love the mm-hmm. fact, in fact, I, that's one of the things frustrating me the most about people complaining about this film is, well, you didn't do Modoc right. You didn't. I thought this was the best way to do Modoc, and because yeah. even though I don't think I think that Marvel's leaning into that kind of craziness of the comics, I don't think mainstream audience is ready for the mm-hmm. Modoc from the comics. No. Um, especially I... since they made the the Modoc from the comics very goofy in that Hulu series that was on. Uh, oh, Hulu as well. yeah, Naswell. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. my introduction to Modoc is somebody had suggested the Spider Gwen series to me, and that's how I got introduced mm. to Modoc and right. knew who he. And, yeah, and just like the way that they set Modoc up in this, yeah. <laughs> well, and, and apparently and it, they've they've been wanting to do Modoc for a long. Like he was going to be the the antagonist in the very first iron man yeah before wow. the script obviously made some significant changes um so yeah they have been well, trying and, to get a live people... action modok going for a long time and then they realized that you know just like with a lot of things when it comes to the comics darren during the the during the epic thomas the tank engine fight um yeah yeah, he just kind of disappears right we don't know exactly what happens to him and when it comes to uh, comics nobody you can't guarantee they're dead and even sometimes even when you see the body you can't guarantee they're dead so the script writers realized that they could have a version of modok right uh and have him because he knew he was the head of pym industries mm-hmm. he would know all about hank and hope and yep. the pym particles and everything so he could literally be the inside man on how kang got his information yeah, from somebody really, who yeah. who knew these knew these characters it works really really well just based just because of that it works really well into the script yeah and then they kill him off, you know. So that that, that leaves it open for another version of Modoc. That's you know, true. To, to to come in at some point. So a variant. Yeah. And that and the, that's that's the 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 whole thing. It's like, you know, I've been so so excited from the moment that the multiverse was we realized that that was something that the MCU was going to start messing with because it opens up so many storytelling opportunities. Mm -hmm. And this is, yeah, this is, this is the, the big, (laughs) the big one, really, at least uh, up to this, up to this point, bringing in someone like, like Kang Um, and to do it. So, kind of on the non epic 
scale by introducing Kang and the idea of so many different timelines and very variations mm-hmm. of characters that we already know in a one of the TV shows mm-hmm. is I think so brilliant. I mean, I know a lot of people mm-hmm. thought when when Disney announced Disney Plus and then you know the Star Wars and Marvel stuff, people you know some people were like, "Oh, it's just cash grab," and I, I'm over here like, "You have no idea what they can do with this." And and mm-hmm. to to just kind of slide Kang in the TVA and all the timelines and stuff in there, you know, essentially in the last yep. episode of the first season of Loki, it's like, yeah, we're just gonna we're just gonna put this over here and. Eventually, you know, but it's it's almost like you know, us getting that two second side profile shot of Thanos at the end of the first Avengers movie. Yeah, you know, where it's like, oh, okay, who's this big purple guy? Who, this is <laughs> okay. Yeah, who is this? And then you find out who it is, and then you know what kind of their deal is, and it's like okay they're gonna be a problem at some point Mm -hmm. so i'm amazed at just how i'm amazed and also a little scared that this version of king king the conqueror who apparently of all the kings in the council was like so bad that they had to exile him to someplace like the quantum realm so he's outside of time and space essentially and they were just kind of hoping that he would be stuck there for all of eternity but to see just what that king was capable of as far as power has me very intrigued but also very very scared Mm -hmm. about what's going to happen when we get to see some of these others and in theory multiple of them Mm -hmm. all at the same time yeah yeah this uh, this avengers movie that's going to be here before we know it really um you know king dynasty the the prevailing theory is that that'll likely be the avengers facing off against multiple kings yeah whether it's a combination of the the few that we were introduced to in the the mid uh mid credit scene you know with with ramatut and the scarlet centurion and immortus um or you know some combination of some of the others there's like lizard kang there's a there's a doctor doom version of kang uh there's iron lad (laughs) version of kang um so there's so many variants of of kang and then the king the conqueror again may or may not be dead so you don't see a body you can't guarantee they're dead even if the other kings thought they're pretty sure that he is dead doesn't mean diddly right Um, well i think that the combination of that pulling him in and then scott throwing the the shrink things and i think he's probably shrunk down 
inside there and tucked away until they need to pull him back out because yeah i i don't think we've seen the last of king the conqueror um I, you brought something up that i wondered i wondered myself do you think that was scarlet centurion who's the third one that that's who that was supposed to be because he's that's... not in he's not in red but his at least the image of him is courted that's the only thing that you know he stands out enough to be the, the what they would equate to the stars. yeah i mean from the people that know the comics better than i do they all seem to think that it is a scarlet centurion even if he's not the right color color which right. considering what they've done with a lot of the other characters and very you know making them look less like their comic book versions because yeah. those tend to be very dated looking right well i kind of um, wonder if they don't even name him as scarlet centurion i wonder if they just he's just marcus kang who's who is the scarlet centurion centurion i just wonder if they're like you that, say that, taking, taking a different that, approach yeah that that could be as well you know and it's just but for as far as d differentiating when we're talking about the different kings it may just be easiest <laughs> to, yeah. Yeah, that's true. you know to uh because this could get very confusing very fast. I, I saw in a, in a video that, that someone said that uh, uh, Jonathan Majors has at least tried on about a hundred different costumes mm. for ver different versions of, of Kang. Oh, dang. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, have so. a, I have a theory that the coming films in some way or another are going to involve a version of Kang. I don't think you'll see multiple versions like we did here. I think this was sort of a setup, but I think that we're going to get a either a cameo of Kang or or Kang involved in some way or Kang being the big bad for some of these upcoming films that are coming out uh, in this next phase uh, leading up to uh, Kang uh, Dynasty. Uh, I had another theory too that I had sort of, postulated for a while but I'm, i've kind of backed off because especially when one of my kids said well he doesn't have the scars i sort of wondered if because kang the conqueror is talking about one sacred timeline in a loop and he even shows a, a diagram of it i had kind of wondered if this was the kang that became uh he who remains from the loki series and that this turn of events has changed that now because he said you know i'll see you when we come back around again he told uh sylvie that he said you know when i'll see you when we're back around and so i kind of wondered if this was that kang but some now we've done something where we've changed that so that he can't become he who remains and so that mm -hmm. that even you know splinters and mucks up the timeline even more Mm -hmm. I I've backed off that a little bit because I the, you know this Kang obviously had the the uh, the line scars in the face that uh, they they used as as the lines for uh, kind of you know some of the things they carried over from the comics um, and so I I kind of wonder if either that's just an oversight and they're like well we're not too worried about the inconsistency there or I'm just probably way off base and it is just a different variant. Mm -hmm. I think it's a I think it's a different variant. Because I think he who remains, I think, had been kind of self, I think he was somewhat self-appointed, but maybe also forced into the role of being kind of the, the, the gatekeeper of the sacred timelines. 
Well, and see, I, I got him the... being him being there was kind of keeping everything together. And then, like he predicted, when Sylvie killed him, yeah, that it would split opened up Pandora's box, and Kang the Conqueror being like the word, you know, the black sheep <laughs> of all the kings got himself into enough trouble that he got exiled. I just, I got the impression from he who remains when he when, does the explanation, he was kind of the last remaining Kang. He was the one that, that basically won the multiversal war. And that's why he's the one that, you know, became the overseer of the timeline. He used, um, what's the, uh, was it, what's the big cloud beast thing, Leviathan or whatever it is. He mm-hmm. used that in order to uh, basically wipe out the rest of the Kangs and, you know, feed the timeline into this one line. So I, I kind of got the impression that that that's why I kind of thought that this was almost this Kang, Kang the Conqueror, he almost has the same plan. He almost almost word for word talks about, you know, a singular timeline where and that's what he's doing. He's going through all of the different universes and snuffing them out you know he's 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 destroying them so he's almost on the same mission as he who remains and so i think that's why i kind of went down that road of well maybe this is you know the early version of he who remains or will be revealed that this is actually who becomes he who remains but i don't know yeah it's it's one of those things where we just kind of have to wait and see Mm -hmm. you know because it depends on how you know loyal they want to be to the comics and how or how much they're gonna take stuff out of the comics and right yeah bend it and twist it and do things to it to make it better fit you know the mcu as as they Mm -hmm. built it but yeah i mean because it's was it i think it's supposed to be ram a tut is mm-hmm. supposed to be like the OG king? He is, yeah. He's the first one that discovered how he uses uh Reed Richards uh I can't remember what the name of the machine is, but he's the first one that uses that to go back in time and basically try to rule and he becomes Ramatut and rules Egypt for a, a time as well. So yeah, he's the yeah. he's the first one. Yeah. So um I have a feeling that's probably going to be our big bad for the mm-hmm. fantastic film when it finally comes out. I have a feeling it, everybody yeah. wants it to be Doom, but I just don't think they're ready to do Doom again since they failed at right. Doom twice. Already. So we don't need we yeah we don't need Doom again. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. soon. I can easily right. see Ramatut being the big bad for that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, do you do you think that they will keep? Not necessarily King, but Nathan Richards as related to Reed Richards. I think so. And I think that, well, because I think that's part of the reason why, A, we haven't gotten a casting announcement for Fantastic Four. I also think that that's the perfect catalyst for bringing the Fantastic Four into the Marvel universe, Marvel cinematic universe is to have them as that. I mean, this is Marvel's first family. So have them as the central core reason for the existence of Kang. And so I think that 
probably will be incorporated and i think they probably will um at some point disclose that you know he is a descendant of reed, reed and sue richards so mm. mm-hmm. Because I know that they've Spo- spoilers. Well, if nobody knew that, right? <laughs> Sorry, well, spoilers. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. It, it's just because yeah, well, because I mean, at this point we're they, looking at Wikipedia articles for for the comic, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Some of us, yeah, yeah. And I had misspoke earlier. It wasn't Spider Gwen for Modoc. It was Gwenpool, which yeah. is yeah, yeah. a takeoff on Deadpool. Yeah. <laughs> right. Too many it's Gwen. funny you it's funny you said spider gwen <laughs> and immediately i i pictured gwenpool in my head so i would i didn't even notice it when you said it okay <laughs> i'm just like wait a minute that doesn't sound right <laughs> yeah no, <laughs> i went it to was, double check as, as soon as as soon as you said it it just she popped in my head and i kind of did the same thing i kind of you know conflated the name with the the face myself mm-hmm yeah i just well, I, gwenpool i think does dress up as spider gwen in one one issue of the comics so i think that's kind of yeah. my confusion well, it's been a while since i've read the series but it's enjoyable well and spider gwen shows up in in well at least the miniseries so right <laughs> uh, yeah i was just i was just curious on on your guys's uh, opinions on that considering the other connections they've had to avoid mostly because they weren't they didn't have the the rights <laughs> to mm-hmm. right yeah you know, mutants and and stuff like that so the the fact that technically at least in the comics scarlet witch and quicksilver are magneto's kids right but they've totally ignored that well, because they weren't able to <laughs> fox hinted at it <laughs> yeah um so but now now that the you know the door is wide open yeah that's just it they've got their house in order now for the most part the only thing that's missing is spider-man and that's the only reason they they have to maintain this relationship with sony because even Mm -hmm. even namor and hulk those are universal properties the marvel cannot make standalone hulk or namor films right now so that's why both of those characters have been a part of somebody else's film or you know in team-up films because that's how marvel gets around that yes and, and so i you know you we don't need another hulk movie we don't need a namor standalone movie in my opinion we need those characters to be part of other movies and i think it still works so yeah, yeah marvel's got everything pretty much wrapped up except for the the spider spider verse which unfortunately i don't think that's gonna <laughs> come under disney very anytime soon yeah no spider-man's keeping sony's lights on uh yeah <laughs> but, but every time sony tries to do <laughs> a spider related film it doesn't do well i mean spawn not spawn uh venom venom did good did okay it didn't do what they needed, but it did well enough in order for them to, you know, uh, maintain a following for that that film and that franchise. And that's what spurred the second film. But the second film didn't do very good. And then we all know how well Morbius went over. So if they keep making if they keep making stinkers outside of their Spider-Man, you know, central core films, 
I don't know that they will be able to maintain it for very long, but we'll see. Well, I mean, we'll see. We'll see how the next Into the Spider Verse goes. But I mean, that one, that that's that first one did gangbusters. So it did, and that's their bread and butter right now. I think. Yeah, and they yeah that might be the way they're like. Well, this one works, so we'll just we'll just do animated ones in this yeah. style. And so who knows? It wouldn't surprise me if at the end of the third film, something happens and Miles like comes i can see miles coming too and looking down and then like looking at his hands and it's live action hands and then he looks in a mirror and he's like okay this is different and then they cut away and i have a feeling that's the way they'll bring him into the live action universe i have a Ooh. feeling that's where they'll go with it <laughs> that'd be awesome that, that would be pretty ballsy <laughs> i have to say because they're doing some really great stuff with, with the animation right now and people are loving that so We'll see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah, and again, having the 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 you know, variants and the multiverse, it just it's so many possibilities. I mean, mm -hmm. we could sit here and play armchair movie producer and come up with all sorts of ways that would make sense in some form of that you could, you know make it canonical <laughs> um so you know uh, more i would like you know more than likely this is how they're gonna get uh be able to justify having hugh jackman back as, as wolverine you know uh so um you know deadpool although Mm -hmm. yeah deadpool's deadpool is deadpool and deadpool's gonna do deadpool, what deadpool does deadpool. so mm -hmm. at this point yeah i'm still very excited though. We'll see. yeah so um so yeah i just i just thought this was a lot of fun i mean oh, that's yeah. that's i mean that's what the AMA movies are though they've never really taken themselves too seriously right because and it's it's ant-man first of all right you know mm -hmm. <laughs> even even and, you know even it's kind of meta in a mm -hmm. way that you know that scott lang has written this book you know watch out for yes. the little guy which mm -hmm. is pokes fun at the fact that you know his he's named after like you know one of the smallest you know creatures on the planet that you can see with the naked eye um you know this extremely small insect but also that ant-man isn't necessarily like a top tier right superhero not even just yeah. avengers but just comic book heroes in general and the fact that you know the guy at the coffee shop constantly is calling him spider-man which in itself is very meta because spider-man is one of the most popular marvel characters of all time and Scott just kind of rolls with it, mm -hmm. you know. So he's like, "Yeah, I get it." He's like, "I'm Ant Man." It's <laughs> and of course nobody is... remembers that Spider Man is actually Peter Parker. So that works. Right. Mm -hmm. That is true. So although Spider Man is usually in New York, right, and they are in San Francisco, <laughs> right. So obviously different neighborhood than where shane chi hangs out yeah. uh, but that's okay because <laughs> san now. francisco san For francisco now. is Big a city. decent sized city yeah. i would know i've been there several times <laughs> um 
it's it's a little bit of it's a little bit of uh getting it's a little bit of a track to get from one neighborhood to another um it's very hilly so (laughs) (laughs) as travel time uh, a lot of buildings in the way uh so uh (laughs) yeah uh and now that you know cassie is officially has a suit um although they still haven't i don't think they've uh, i haven't seen anything that's officially named her yeah she's got the she's got the she's got the stinger colorization but she's got the stature basically i mean she was kind of had the abilities of stature but she had the colorization of suit for stinger so who knows yeah so i guess we'll have to wait and see what cassie's proper superhero name is yeah. um mm-hmm. but you know now that she's got the suit it's only a matter of time before the rest of the young avengers come knocking on her door going hey cassie we need some help well, yeah because who do we got left it, we've got uh kang and we've got um well uh, iron heart or not iron heart um iron lad who is also a oh. kang <laughs> so yes. i have a feeling we'll we'll end up getting that part of the young avengers but we really don't have many young avengers left the name i don't think I don't, so no because we got i don't see. think they're gonna we've as far kamala as i know khan. they're not introducing anybody else yeah we got, no Kam- we've got a we got kamala khan we got riri we got, khan, uh, we got kid got bishop kid thor technically we yeah. got a kid thor yeah. right um we'll probably get wiccan and and speed again yeah because we've we've been introduced to that well we've been introduced to their characters yeah um and then yeah scar would be the other one so yeah we're 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 almost there for a a full roster of uh, young avengers yeah so which that is exciting too yeah yeah Uh-oh. And I have to say, maybe too, maybe Elena, if it, you know, if they, but oh, she's yeah. not much of that a team awesome. player, but yeah, mm-hmm. she might begrudgingly do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't. I be like, oh, you kids are gonna get yourself. Killed. Yeah, I, I almost, I almost think she's a little too old. I think she's almost a little. She's not as reckless, I think, as the others <laughs> would be. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the Mr. Miyagi to the group. She's, yeah. she's got she's got the thund- thunderbolts to lead, so she's yeah. she's a yeah. That's true. So the thunderbolts are bad guys. Uh no, actually, kind of. They haven't always been. I think a lot of people try. They're to, gray. Yeah, well, a lot of people try to liken them to the Suicide Squad, and they're not. I mean, there have been iterations of the thunderbolts that are. But there have been iterations of thunder. They're just they're more willing to do the dirty work, is what they it comes down to. And like you, yeah, like you said, Rachel, they're kind of in a gray area. So, and I think I think Elena fits that mold. So I think it, mm-hmm. I think it works for. Yeah. Her. Well, and I think I think she may also be somewhat begrudgingly too, because I think yeah, Julia Louise Drives's character I think maybe has something on her. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. So Valentina. Valentina. Valentine's name. Val. Val. Yeah. I know she doesn't like to be called that. Yes, so it gives Val, me more incentive to call her Val. Val. Yes. <laughs> Three-letter curse word if there ever was one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What did we I mean, think of? 
Uh, go ahead. You can go. What do we think of Bill Murray's uh, cameo <laughs> appearance in this? I was, he didn't have a whole lot to. Yeah, I almost yeah. wonder if some of his stuff got cut. Cut because well, Bill's Bill's Bill though reputation I mean, is right. not well, in yeah. the best place right now. Yeah, yeah, I think that's I think that sort of has all blown over though, hasn't? I mean, that was that was on on track, but. I think that I think it comes more down to just Bill's availability and, and making him how much he makes himself available and he doesn't really much anymore. I mean, you yeah. I, you probably saw. Well, supposedly he called up Marvel and was like, "Hey, yeah. can I be in this movie?" And yeah, they were like, but "Sure." I, but again, even if he's interested in a project, doesn't mean you're gonna he's gonna be fully committed to it. I mean, they were. Yeah, that's they, true. It was like doesn't mean he'll actually show come, up. Yeah, exactly. It was like pulling teeth trying to get him to do Ghostbuster, and he wouldn't do it for years and years and years. And yeah. then when he finally does, you know, he said, you got me for a day. So I mean, it's just, I, I think it comes down to the fact that, yeah, Bill wanted to do something to he, cause he did, he said he wanted to dip his toe into this universe and see what it was all yeah. about. But I think it probably comes down to, well, you've probably got him for a couple of days. And that's really, I mean, it was, to me, the part was a little underwhelming. I think it was, it, it works. It's appropriate, but I think it was just you know bill 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 murray coming to the mcu and then we get this and it was like yeah. and he's very smarmy as this guy i, I like the yeah. performance but it was just i maybe i i just kind of had my expectations of him up a little more of okay let what is this character and is in you know what's what are we going to get out of it we don't well and and supposedly again <laughs> with uh script changes yeah, yeah. um that the ending he was supposed to have like a change of heart and oh. go back to siding with Janet and uh -huh. the other like oh, wow. rebels and fight against Kang. So when they have the giant, you know, rush of all the rebels and the ants and stuff on, you know, on the city that he was going to be part of that. And then it got, it scrapped, it got scrapped. Oh, wouldn't it have been great? If he oh, yeah. showed up with that that squid thing that grabbed him yeah. when when they yeah. threw it, if he showed up with that and it was fighting with him, I think that would have been so cool. Yeah, it's like we came to an agreement. I don't eat it. They don't eat me. We stop the bad guy. Uh, I beg for permission. I beg for forgiveness. Yeah. Not food, friends. Yeah. Did, did anybody else think that Hope felt kind of sidelined? A yeah. Little. I just yeah. feel like I kind of wanted more story for her. I I liked the fact that she was trying to get through to Janet to to get her to explain, you know, her past and why she was, you know, why she had this secret life that she was withholding from everybody when she got back. But it really, and I, and I, I am very grateful that she is the one that pops back in to save uh, Scott at the end. But it feels like it was like, oh, we haven't had hope do enough, so let's have her swoop in and save Scott. And she does it twice. She does it once in that quantum possibility uh, mm -hmm. scenario, and mm -hmm. then she does it again there at the end. But it just seemed like there should have been maybe a little bit more character, not a character development, because I don't think you need a developer anymore, but some character exploration there, especially between her and her mom. Uh, right. I mean, she, she's grateful to have her mom back, but now suddenly she's learning all these different things about her. And I think they just didn't go quite far enough with that exposition.
Yeah. And again, I kind of wonder if that's just it, if they just couldn't think of uh, supposedly an earlier version of the script is is hope was gonna have a kid but i couldn't find anything that said it was her and scott's kid huh huh which kind of would have been weird because supposedly they filmed some stuff with her and like a a a young boy actor uh, that got scrapped but it was like timing wise like how does that work if it's not scott's kid yeah because she she dusted so or she blipped so yeah around in those five years yeah Yeah, that would have been interesting yeah maybe somebody i I wonder maybe maybe they just yeah i just wonder maybe if they just couldn't um couldn't think of come up with something so they let janet step you know kind of take the lead and hope just kind of was like the again you know this parent-child relationship you know we have this this strong bond between scott and cassie and cassie you know calling out to her dad helps him in moments where he gets stuck um but then you know hope still has this you know all of this time that she missed with her mom and then she finally gets her mom back and their mom doesn't want to talk yeah so mm-hmm. you know she gets her mom back so she's practically a stranger so um allowing janet to become the focus and hope along with us gets to learn more about who janet is yeah um i think is the well, and you, you probably do have to sacrifice some character for, because that, that would have been a really big story had they given everybody, because I don't even think, I, I'm glad they did what they did with Hank, but I, I think Hank, Hank would be the other one that I felt kind of got sidelined a bit. They gave him things to do, and they gave him a really big moment at the end uh, right. during the battle. So I, I think that was kind of cool, and I think that's why I, I don't feel like he got maybe sidelined as much as as Hope did, but uh, he certainly did. His character wasn't, you know, uh, 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 spotlighted as much as he has right. been in the past either. So I guess just there's probably just way too much going on with the story, right. and they wanted to make sure they kept it focused. So they just kind of picked, um, you know, particular plot lines, and unfortunately, characters that you know were along for the ride got some of their characterization maybe got sacrificed a little bit. Yeah, it was technological ants. It was just like earlier, and it's like, hmm, I wonder if that's going to come back and play a part. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when they all got sucked in and they were, they focused, (laughs) they, they really focused on that one particular ant that went and popped in. I was like, I bet that's going to have something to do do later. Uh (laughs) Yeah. Mm you think <laughs> you introduce a gun in the first act you better use it by the third or the end right yeah <laughs> check off the earpiece check off yeah. right. check off yes. sense uh-huh yeah um yeah well and uh i guess that you know while doing press for this um somebody asked michael douglas yeah, you know, they're already talking about Ant-Man 4. And they asked Michael Douglas, you know, are you, do you, would you 
you know, look forward to a fourth one? Would you do it? He's like, it, 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 I, he, Michael Douglas, I love the man. Uh, I don't know how, see, he seems to have reached the, that age where he just has no filter. Um, so <laughs> you don't know necessarily if what he says you can take seriously, but in response to asking about an Ant-Man 4, he said, absolutely, if they kill me off. So I don't know if he's just reached the Harrison Ford Star Wars of it or what. <laughs> so. right. Either that or they, well, he probably has all the monies in the world. So. Right. 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 Well, yeah. Well, he's not getting any younger. And right. by the time that they got around to doing another Ant-Man uh, film, uh, he may be far too old to do it. He may be ready to retire. So right, true enough. But guess we'll see. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, I overall I was very happy with how this turned out and mm -hmm. um, do not listen to the critics <laughs> yeah yeah mm -hmm. the, the, the well, critics are what do you guys think about that because this is arguably the the film that kind of divides the audience from the critics i think the critics and, and we talked about this a little bit over on travel the vortex i think last week or a couple weeks ago um i think that the the honeymoon's over i think for the critics i think that they are suffering from Marvel fatigue. And I think, well, superhero fatigue, uh, if you, if anything, but I think that the, the general movie going pro uh, public may be next. And so I think that's why they're kind of slow rolling the, the, the rollout. You know, we, we aren't going to get as many uh, Disney plus shows within, within a year's time. We're still going to get what's on the slate, obviously, but I think they're going to mm -hmm. slow roll that because you mm -hmm. notice they haven't announced dates for anything yet. We don't even know Secret right. Invasion's set for the spring, but well, we don't and, even know um, when it's going to happen. And the Marvels, they had to like push the date back like right. four or five times right. already, like, through the whole thing. So I think, I mean, I'm starting to hate the term Marvel or you know, superhero fatigue just because it feels like an excuse. That's true. Um, yeah. Part of it, I think, is the fact that there were so many Disney Plus shows and the movies and the thing, and people started to feel like, I can't keep up with all this. Like, right. I have to keep track of the TV shows, and that's a big time sink. And so, I mean, you look at you look at the history of, of cinema, of, of just movies and trends in general, and it's like, okay, like the Westerns, for example, were roughly about 10, 15 years before that those started to kind of fall out of favor and then it was the big 80s action thing and then it was i can't remember what the next one next big thing was maybe it was like disaster movies because cgi was a was a huge thing in the 90s or you know that was was kind of coming up but it's like those cycles kind of tend to come and go yeah so when you get to a certain point and it's like when they start deconstructing superheroes which we have had a few of those or i mean deconstructing the genre which we have had some deconstructing superhero movies in recent years like, I mean, I would, you know, Joker, I think, would, would be one because he's a very popular comic book character, one that, you know, and then it's like, well, here, let's make him a real person, basically. And so I think maybe we're getting into that now. It really remains to be seen how Marvel and to an extent DC, although DC is um, kind of on a short leash 
yeah. yeah. <laughs> with their parent company. Um, so it kind of remains to be seen how well they weather this. If it keeps, you know, if they if they can make it work and keep their audience, even because you know, there's this group of, of us here who are you know the hardcore you know show up for all of it. Right. And that, but but they cannot financially, and especially with all the financial stuff that's been going on, they they cannot be, they cannot sustain it with just the hardcore. And so we want to think we, that, that we could keep it going. It we're not enough, and right. they really really need that mainstream movie going public of oh I really want to go see this movie because it looks really cool. And unfortunately, what's also happening is. It's really expensive to t- to go to the movies. Yep. Uh, especially if you have a family and you take your kids, and mm-hmm. it just gets like the tickets are outrageous. Concessions, it's like don't even. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't, you know, and maybe depending on where your theater is, maybe you have to pay for parking. I don't know. Um, so it's kind of like, you know, that that's all taken into consideration. So there are a lot of factors going on um, beyond, you know. There's a lot of superhero movies, so it's not just the fatigue, quote unquote. It, it, it there are a lot of things going on. So I'm not saying I'm not being a doom and gloom. I'm just mm-hmm. saying here's some factors to well, consider. And right, you're being a realist is what you're doing, yeah. and I think, and right. I appreciate that because you're right. You're absolutely right. The the genre can't be sustained by the hardcore fans, and the hardcore fans are going to be the ones that are hurt by it the most. Uh, they're going to feel like they're they've been abandoned and negated because they won't be able to see the things that you pointed out, mm-hmm. uh, right. and so yeah. that's that's going to be really hard too when that does happen because we know how toxic fandom can be, you know, on all of these different genres. Now, imagine what's going to happen when when that does. Well, the and falls then out. and and then also some of the way that the VFX um, houses yeah. have just been treated abominably. Yeah. By right. the studios and by their bosses, because I don't know, there was a there was a whole big thing I've been following. I'm just kind of like, oh wow, like I just yeah. never really mm-hmm. thought about it until I was like, here's this article. These people who are like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe this. Well, and I and hope that kind of yeah. I hope a slowdown in in the production and, and the push out of these things. I hope that helps. I hope that right. helps hope so them too, be able to meet I would, those. Yeah, I would no. rather have. Fewer of high quality. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. Good. Make sure it's good, rather than oh, let's just rush this out because we need content. Right. Correct. Yeah. Agreed. Now, another question. I know when we were in lockdown with the pandemic, they did the offer where, okay, for those of you who feel comfortable, here's movie theater access, or here if you're member to our streaming service, you could pay the 30 bucks to see it day and date from the comfort of your own home would that be something see that and people would never... be more i mean 30 bucks versus 40 50 at a movie theater you could have your own snacks and that you can pause it and you know other, i don't know the other issue with that is is you know that it's going to be they're they're going to put it on you know disney plus as part of your subscription anyway so at that point you're just kind of like right. well, i'm just going to wait till it's yeah true yeah there's that so, yeah yeah so well, i mean it's a good idea in theory if you really 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 want to see it you know before right spoilers but and and some people would do that 
and and I know I know people, especially like with with larger families, who are like, yeah, this is a, this is a steal because we can just sit home and eat our own popcorn and and it's cheaper right. and don't have to go anywhere. Right. Um, but I don't think everybody's going to go for that. Yeah, right. And I know the studios and the shareholders have been like, this is cutting into the box office, and you know those shareholders they got to get their bag. Well, and I think that's that the facet. Is- I think that's a fascinating thing about it because you you talked about the shareholders and it's cutting into the box office and that's absolutely right. It certainly does, and I think that was proven with um, Black Widow. Although Black Widow also had you know the restrictions of the fact that COVID and pandemic happened right in the middle of it, them getting ready to try to release that. But right. you're absolutely right because on out of one side of their mouth they're saying, "Oh, it's cutting into the box office," and on the other side of their mouth they're saying, "You know what? If we could just cut the middleman out." And deliver this straight to the viewers, you know, because yeah. I know a lot of studios yeah. would, I mean, would either... rather just hand this to the the viewer and keep all of that money for themselves mm-hmm. rather than you know fork out anything to the, to to the, the distributors. Yeah. yeah, cake and eat it too. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, there are so many, and I'm not like I'm not presenting these like, oh, here I agree with this. I'm presenting this as these are things that are happening. These yeah, are things that are right. being talked about, and so it's right. like. You know, you know, this shareholder says this, and this one says this, and this studio exec says this, and you know, there's a, there's a gazillion different different things that are going on, and the rest was just like, and everybody's got an angle. <laughs> yeah. Everyone- well, it's gonna it's gonna boil down to the movie going public. I mean, we're we're right. ultimately gonna be the deciders of how the industry evolves mm-hmm. and where the industry right. goes mm-hmm. from here, regardless yeah. of what any anything they try to do. I mean, I'm I'm at the age now. It's more of an age thing because I think young people are still they have expendable money and they're still ready mm-hmm. to go out and see you know films on the big screen. The big screen used to be the appeal to me. I used to love to sit in a cinema and have that experience and have my popcorn mm-hmm. and all that. But I get to a certain age and I just turned fifty last year and I'm like, okay, I'm ready to kind of slow down now. I think I prefer. In fact, a lot of films I pass on in the theater and wait till they come to home video because I can watch them in the comfort of my home. I've got a big enough screen that I'm, mm-hmm. you know, satisfied with. So there's also that happening as well. Yeah. That there, there is that. And then like with, with our situation, like we have two little kids and you know, my in-laws tend when we um, <laughs> go to work and it's like finding babysitters right. to go to a movie or, I mean, and we're going to like, we'll take Alex to, we're going to take him to Super Mario Brothers because he is so excited for that. He loves Mario. So am I. So am and I. Is, and he is, <laughs> he is thrilled there's a Mario movie coming out, but I still got to find someone to, to watch Lottie because I don't think she's going to sit through, right. through this. And Alex, like the first time we took him and saw Sonic 2 in the theaters, and we were nervous about that because of his, his, um, his autism issues and was he going to be okay and he was fine like he he did great but it also i mean there were a couple scenes in there that he got fidgety and and getting bored but i guess that might just be a kid thing yeah but it's kind of like you know when you have to have young families and little kids it's like well you know we can't get out to see a movie because who's going to watch the kids and i'm not going to you know not take them to see uh you know a marvel movie just yet because it's too long and they're not going to be interested Mm-hmm. well and then when they become when they come older and you have all different issues because well you think well now we can go to films because they're at an age now where mm-hmm. they'll sit still then suddenly you've got so many other activities happening that it's hard to right. coordinate a movie night you know right and then you know mm-hmm. when they're teenagers who wants to sit next to their parents it's movies right <laughs> right yeah. so it's that. just kind of like yeah so 
I mean, and everybody's got everybody's got their 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 deal and what's what's going on and and I mean they with the streaming and other things it's just it's just made it easy. Yeah. <laughs> but then again, I'm like, there's a budget too, so there's a lot of things to consider and and like I said, and everything's everything's just all up in the air right now. But we'll see. Yeah. I'm I'm not saying yes, no, maybe, whatever. But yeah, every time they're like, well, superhero fatigue, I'm like, okay. I, it's like, I want to punch somebody every time I hear that. But <laughs> Thank God so I'm on the I other side think... of the country. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the other side of Colorado from me. <laughs> I guess that's true. <laughs> like, that, like that is, that's, that's that's not that's not the reason stop stop doing that yeah it's not the sole reason anyway yeah mm-hmm. no yeah it's a it's an interesting period that we're at you know i can you know part of me can understand why some people are like oh you know i want something different and occasionally we are getting something different i mean if you want something that's maybe uh, although at this point i think most everybody probably has seen it that should uh but it's like if you want something that's got the excitement of something like a marvel movie but isn't you know seemingly another i hate the term cookie cutter because to me they're not cookie cutter but you get what i'm trying to say mm-hmm. you know comic book movie we've you know if you haven't seen it yet or maybe you only seen it once you should watch it again everything everywhere all at once yeah yeah just yeah. just well, as good similar feel going on yeah <laughs> so you know it's 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 not it you know yeah the the marvel movies and the dc and you know recognizable ips yes i mean those are the they're not the Oscar bait movies. They are the get butts and seats, make as much money from ticket sales as possible. Films. They're the reason. They're the reason that studios can do these. The, the yep. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Martin Scorsese, don't you forget that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like those things. Those movies wrote your paycheck. Yes. Yeah. It's like for for every Thor and Ant Man a few dollars go your way so you can make things like the irishman which uh-huh. i <laughs> really wish i could get those hours of my life back but oh yeah, well right uh so <laughs> it is what it is uh but I, mean, I can only speak for myself and i mean the dc stuff i have no desire really but that's that's not that's also not necessarily yeah that's not that's also not necessarily superhero or comic book fatigue that's just i i know where i can get it's yeah i mean (laughs) just too chaotic over there if i'm gonna there is more entertaining than the actual movies yeah Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. if i'm gonna spend my hard-earned money to go to the movie theater i'm gonna go with the studio that i know is most likely to give me a quality film that I'm going to walk out of and go, yeah, that was a good mm-hmm. use of my time and my money. And DC is such a crapshoot that, you know, 
I, I well, don't I don't want to I don't want to, I don't want to play entertainment roulette like that. And, yeah, and a lot of people. <laughs> when I only got so many hours like, in the day and so much money to spend, yeah. so it's, it's not a guarantee that that you're going to enjoy yourself. I mean, I mean, with with like okay, so when I was a kid and you know the Disney Renaissance with all the animated movies was coming out, that was like okay, yeah, we're going to go see these because you know it's it's our fam our you know family movies. And the kids will like it, you know, whether, you know, and, and there, there's a good chance that they will be good. But like, I haven't even gone to see a, really an animated movie in theaters since maybe Moana? I'm not sure. But I'd have to think about that, like what, it, what, what we did. But yeah, it's just kind of, you're, you're, you're a lot more choosy about what you're, what you're going to see. And and I hope the theater, like the big screen theater experience never goes away because, I mean, we, we made a point to go see Wrath of Khan back, you know, last year when it was in theaters for its, what, 40th anniversary? Yeah. Yeah. And we had a good time. We, we loved it. And it's like that, that kind of stuff, like going to see older movies and stuff mm -hmm. like that, that's fun. And that, but that's like more event stuff too. So I don't know. We will see. We will see how this all goes. Mm. So. In the meantime, yeah. we'll sit here and wait until we get the next thing. Right. Which is the only thing we know for sure, or at least actually has a date attached to it, <laughs> is Guardians 3. Guardians 3. So, yeah. Well, that one, that one, I think the date is solid. I was going to say, you know, they keep moving the dates around. So, but that one, I think 99% sure is going to happen. Everyone yeah. yeah. I mean, it may get yeah. bumped a week, although it didn't, it didn't it not recently, but that was one of the ones that it moved, but it moved like one week out. And that was it. Yeah. yeah. I can't remember why. I know somebody said, but eh. Yeah, considering oh, way see, five bazillion years ago, it seems like the Marvels was going to be the movie I got for my birthday. So. Yeah, well, it was supposed. To, yeah, it was supposed to be now, and, it and was, they've yeah, pumped it back. Yeah, I was supposed to have the the slot that Ant Man got. So you never know. Already, yeah. Uh, anything else anybody wants to chime in about? Mm -hmm. Good. Yeah. All right. It, it, it's it's a you know it's it's not not you know it's not uh, the you know the big like universe you know full of feels movie like some of the others you know like like infinity war and endgame um but at the same time it's 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 a it's a fun movie it but it does have implications for what what's coming it does have bigger universal implications but it's not like slapping not necessarily slapping you in the face with it where all the all the cards are being laid on the table you know like we knew with thanos that you know he's gonna go after the infinity stones and try to make half the universe disappear well, this is just and that's another thing is those movies set the bar so high I mean, uh -huh. so high that everything else is going to pale until we get to another big event film. Yeah, which is we're a couple years out from. So with right. everything written in pencil. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. So, uh, right. 
So unless anybody has anything else, Glenn, what's going on over in the, in the vortex? Oh gosh, um, not we're paying attention. We're, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're still continuing our journey through the time war, although we haven't been a um, focus and as much attention to it now since we are in the 60th anniversary year. Um, mm-hmm. but we we've, we have finally got into the War Doctor era, so we've started on those um, the War Doctor uh, begins audios, which the first one is fantastic. Uh, we've got some stuff planned for the 60th year. This year we already did a um, we rated the or yeah ranked the um, or we didn't rank we just reviewed the uh, <laughs> uh, diamond <laughs> logos through the years that the 60th is using, and then we've also got some season six B stuff that we're going to tackle this year. So we got a lot of fun stuff nice. on the schedule. Cool. And remind us again where you can find the Traveling the Vortex, guys. The easiest place to go is travelingthevortex.com, but you can also find us on pretty much every place you find podcasts. Now, we've we've done a really good job of getting ourselves out there on everything. So uh, just search Traveling the Vortex in your uh, pod catcher of your choice, and you can pretty much find us. And make sure that's the American spelling with one L. Yes, one L, not two. If you're, uh, yeah, if you're a UK listener, sorry, we spell it right. (laughs) (laughs) It's a podcast about a British television show. I know, right? Like, like crazy Americans. (laughs) But, but, but with a flyover country flavor. So there you go. Right. There you go. All right. So there's traveling vortex. So check that out, and. Sounds like you're having some fun. And then for us, us fangirls, uh, go to our website, which is the fiveishfangirls.com for links to all our social media and ways to support the podcast. And also send us some feedback if you feel so inclined at fiveishfangirls at gmail.com. And we'll read it out on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And thank you all for listening and your support and mm-hmm. all your comments and following and the all the stuff. We love you guys. Take care. And if you somehow forget traveling the vortex, uh, they are linked on our website. <laughs> but it's nice when you have a guest to let them. Plug. Yeah, we 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 can't uh, we couldn't we couldn't have our our, our brother podcast and not uh, <laughs> not uh, have them linked somewhere. So yes. Well, Glenn, we appreciate you coming on. Yes. Oh, it's been fun. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's been a while, so. <laughs> yeah, it's been too long. We need to yeah. we need to do these collabs a little more often than we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. Life happens. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll see we'll see what happens this coming Sunday with the Academy Awards. Oh yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. Glenn's on I don't, the other team. team. I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to have to review a bad movie again. Although, quite honestly, you guys really kind of threw a softball last time. That wasn't that bad. Well, now you're just asking for it. (laughs) (laughs) Thrown down the gauntlet. (laughs) Yeah, just remember. Just remember that when you know when we emerge victorious on Sunday. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. It's on. It's in the recording, so it's there for posterity. (laughs) We we have receipts. (laughs) Anyway. All right. Well, with that, we shall sign off for this week. This is Brittany Bubba saying goodnight. This is Chrissy saying goodnight from Salt Lake City. This is Holly from Wisconsin saying good evening. 
and this is Rachel in Indian Lapis, Indiana. I have holes! Thank you for listening to The Five-ish Fangirls. Please visit thefiveishfangirls.com for details on how to further support the show, along with information on our nonprofit, Fangirls Give Back. We love our Fiveish fam and appreciate all of your feedback, shares, and encouragement. Remember to keep letting your geek flag fly.